Well, greetings, friends, and welcome to the Gospel Underground Podcast. This is episode 83, a past, a present, and a future. I'm broadcasting live, well, live for me from the Power of Change Worldwide Headquarters here in Blacksburg, Virginia. Well, our episode this week was supposed to be on civility and kindness, and we were supposed to record that um, earlier, but Jesse and I got together in the shed quarters on my yesterday. I don't know when you're listening to this, but, and we just had a great time connecting as brothers, as friends, and talking about life and uh, realities and marriage and families and a state of our world and uh, how we can be helpful and encouraging to others and to each other. And so our, our studio time just evaporated, but for good reason. We we're thankful for that. So do expect an episode coming up uh, shortly on uh, kindness, civility, civility and kindness in our public discourse, maybe in our private discourse, maybe, maybe in our social media discourse. That uh, episode is in a series that's uh, kind of flowing out of a tweet that I put out in March. Seven things that I feel like need uh, to make a resurgence, a comeback, uh, or just an emergence now uh, in our society in this time frame. And uh, ever more important, I think, in light of uh, current realities in our in our culture, in our society. And so number one was mental toughness. Number two, uh, marriage and children, right? Families. Uh, we did one on manufacturing that we need to make and build things, right? This is very good uh, biblically, culturally for human beings to do. And so those were the first three. Civility and kindness is coming uh, next week, hopefully, Lord willing, um, helping local neighbors, being locally involved with people, right? And not just... Uh, Thinking the sum total of the universe is what happens on, like you say, Facebook, right? Come on now. Um, so, and then six, courage and strength, right? We need to have courage uh, many times to do what's right in the world. And then finally, faith, hope, and love, which I'll talk about a little bit today. So my, my, my reason for this episode is that I'm about to hop on a call with some coaches from North Carolina and South Carolina serving the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. And so I'm just going to share with them. Uh, a devotional that I was working on for them. And I said, ah, I might as well turn this into a little podcast episode because it deals with having a past, having or knowing, living, acting, right, in the present, uh, in light of, right, in light of a future. And so, you know, f- for all of us, we have a story. You know, I, I grew up a certain way with certain beliefs and ideas. Uh, those ideas changed when I, I was converted, became a follower of Jesus. That was happened when I was a college student on a wrestling scholarship at UNC Chapel Hill, studying physics, wonderful time in my past. But that very much informs, you know, right, my, my present, who I am today, my identity, and then certainly um, my personal uh, faith in Jesus and the teachings of Scripture uh, inform my view of the future, right? And so I think being conscious um, of this reality of, of past, present, and future, obviously we're temporal creatures, we're time-bound creatures, we have successive moments. I'm not going to get into you know philosophers out there, A, A and B theories of time or tensed and untensed uh, theories of time. Maybe that would be fun to do, right? Um, but we all know successive moments take place. And as much as we like, you know, time travel and going back in time, it's very, it produced all kind of paradox. We love that in sci-fi movies and TV shows. Uh, but we, we travel from our past into the present, into our future. And then we live it every day, right? Today is the day, right? That's the most important day. Um, each person has a story, therefore. And uh, cultures have a story. Uh, nations have a story. 
uh, the world has a story. We have his story, right? Which is ultimately uh, the story of God or the creator. There was a, a quote that I heard one time. I believe it was from Ravi Zacharias who passed away recently uh, where it said the only thing worse than nostalgia is amnesia, right? So excessive nostalgia would be, you know, an excessive focus on the past. Oh, either, right? Oh, the good old days or, or uh, the great prophet uh, uh, Bruce Springsteen, the glory, the glory days, right? They'll pass you by, right? Sports people. Um, we look back to the good old days or, or right. The terrible old days or the bad old days. Um, an excessive interest in the past will keep us right stuck whether it's looking bad at the bad or the good constantly in the past, if we're only looking backwards, uh, where are we going? We don't know, right? Um, keeps us from moving forward, moving onward in a different possible direction in the present. Now, at the same time, uh, an excessive or what I would say a debilitating amnesia, right? Amnesia means to forget the past. That will strip us of our identity, right? Our sense of place, our sense of place even in the bigger stories that we are a part of. And so this is why we must know history. History is so important. Um, and, and there's a lot of historical uh, ignorance, some willful, right? Um, my, my daughter, uh, you know, told me very clearly that in her history classes in public school, uh, they talk about, you know, the, 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 the riots and massacres where, where black people were killed. They talk about, you know, uh, Tulsa. They talk about Harlem Renaissance. It's different than, say, when some of the older generations grew up talking about American history. American history, it's a mingled thing, right? There, there are some wonderful, wonderful things. There are some terrible, terrible things. Um, it, it, it's almost impossible. I'm not even going to do a math uh, equation on that. How does the good outweigh the bad or the bad outweigh the good? Should you love everything, hate everything? That's too simplistic uh, because many times it depends on your past, your present, and maybe what you think your future is, how you even see America, right? But we need to know history, right? We need to know our, our personal history, our family history. Um, I, I make a joke all the time in the world of church planting because, you know, people talk about, you know, Chinese church, Korean church, black church. But when it comes to white churches, which I'm I'm advocating to say white, you know, peach church, I don't care what it, but we typically use the term Anglo churches, right? I'm like, that's a particular tribe of people in Europe, right? A tribe of white people. Um but man, my my, fam my family's Irish, you know. My my uh, father's grandfather, I believe it was uh, his his grandfather. Yeah, his my father's grandfather immigrated from Ireland because a lot of Anglo's trying to starve some folk out. You know what I'm saying? Literally, uh, you know, the Irish were uh, treated unbelievably, deplorably. Um, I know some of that hi history, right? And I know some of the goofy Irish American traditions that Irish people think are goofy, right? I've been told by uh, my Irish friend Kevin in New Jersey how stupid certain sweaters that American <laughs> Irish people wear today that were from like you know a long time ago that Irish people don't wear anymore. But I know a little bit of my family history. Uh, it's very important. Um, I know they're from Memphis, you know, in terms of my mom and dad, where they grew up. I, I know what that city is like in terms of its racial past and present and divisions and racism. Um, it's good to know our family. It's good to know American history. It's good to know church history. It's good to know universal history. It's good to know the storyline of God's story in the Bible. Now, this is interesting because this idea of the importance of past, present, 
future, uh, back then, in the now, what's coming, um, is all over the Bible. In fact, uh, there's, a, there's a call to remember all the time, uh, even in creation, that we are called to work and rest a certain, you know, you work some and you work six days, you rest a day. Why? Well, you look back at God's work in creation that we are called to remember that. The great story in the Old Testament of redemption where God's people were brought out of slavery, right, uh, by a mighty hand and outstretched arm of God uh, and celebrated, right, in the Passover feast and tradition. This is this this idea is repeated over and over. It's repeated in uh in the in the law or or the uh, Pentateuch, the Torah, the first five books of the Bible, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, uh, even the book of Joshua, which is a historical narrative, the Psalms, you'll read this. I am the Lord your God who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. That phrase, literally in Hebrew, is repeated over and over and over again because identity flows from past into who our our present reality is, right? So we don't want to forget uh, things. Jesus himself, uh, when he was observing the Passover meal, sits down and institutes another meal called the Lord, that we call the Lord's Supper or Communion, uh, where he's eating the Passover as the teacher and then infusing it with a certain meaning, right? Uh, this is in Luke chapter 22. First um, Corinthians 11 is repeated this way in, in kind of footnote form or, or a cliff note form. For what I received from the Lord... I also delivered to you that the Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed took bread and when he gave thanks and broke it, he said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he also took the cup after the supper saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death right in the past. Uh, you're doing this when in the now, and you proclaim that what until he comes in the future. On a, on the other tip, you don't want to be excessively caught by looking back at things that are maybe uh, things we need to move past. We need to uh, not forget in the sense that they're gone, but they can't hold us. We can't be um, bound by either our personal past or our collective past or, or things never change, right? Uh, now the status quo, we don't want to be caught by that. This is Philippians 3, uh, 12 through 14. Not that I've already obtained all this or I've already been made perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made past me his own. Uh, family, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind, right? Straining to what lies ahead, I press on towards the... Uh, prize of the goal of the upward call in Christ Jesus. So this is all over the Bible, that the past matters. We remember certain things, but actually we can't be caught by them. We have to in the now move also towards the future. The gospel, the story of Jesus, right, is the foundation story uh, of the universe of my life. I'm a Christian, right? Christ has died. Christ is risen Christ will come again. There's a song that a lot of churches would sing that Christ has died, uh, Christ is risen, uh, Christ will come again. Why is this important? Well, he's died. I trust his death for my sins, right? I trust in him, in his work, in redeeming me and all things, right? Uh, cosmic realities that he's putting all things back in order over time. This is the work of, of, of Jesus. He's died. I trust him, right? I trust him. That informs my now. His resurrection. He's alive. I love God. I follow him. Keep his command. I love God. Love our, my neighbor. Do what he says. By the power of his spirit living in me. This is in the now. The present is infused with all this reality from the past and hope, right? 
Christ will come again. There's a future reality, the kingdom of heaven, uh, where all things will be made right and new. So what do I believe about my future? What do I believe about our future together, right, as a people? What do, what do Americans believe is our hope and our destiny? That's a very important question. Is it a return or a keeping of the status quo? For some, maybe that's the game, right? And by the way, that's not the conservative vision of politics. That's maintaining the rights that God gives, not the government. So don't make this a left or right thing. Uh, the left isn't saving us. The, the right's not saving us. Uh, but there is, an, there is an evil saying, hey, we're going to keep things just the way they are. Why? For me and mine. Uh, at, the, at the expense of you and yours. No, 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 no. That can't be our vision for the future. Is it a situation where we're like, well, let's blow up the people that were the bad people and then become bad people together? Like, do we want to do that in America? Uh, do we want to uh, continue the patterns of the kind of hate and rehate uh, patterns? Or do we want to see something completely different formed together? What is our hope? What is the vision of our future, right? The, the application is this, right? Knowing and owning our past, present, and future. It'll help you as a person. It'll help you in your marriage. It helps us as a people, right? We have to see our sins. We have to see our part in things. And we have to see, hey, how can my participation in what's coming or what is new? In uh, this, this for, you know, in, in, our, in our current uh, society, if, if people are Christians from all different ethnes, and this is the vision of God, both in uh, the, the Old Testament, so the, some of the uh, light to the nations, the book of Isaiah, both in the New Testament, one new humanity out of the two, the dividing wall of hostility broken down, Ephesians 2, the vision of the future in Revelation chapter 5, chapter 7, these things, right, these things have to inform us. Um, there is a different way to go about things that somebody who uh, has a, maybe a secular world and life view would pursue them and, and not our way, right? Because this kind of reality of past, present, and future is different for folks who follow Jesus, just is, right? Um, so, so even 1 Corinthians 13, like you may, you may have seen this on a coffee cup or, at a, or only heard at a wedding, but it's an important, pertinent important verse in first Corinthians 13 passage about love, love is patience, love is kind. You guys have probably seen it or heard it. If not, go read it, right? If you're new to the Bible, you never read the Bible, go read first Corinthians 13. Well, the little section ends with this. So now faith, hope, and love remain or abide. They stay strong. These, these three, but the greatest of these is love. Think about this. We have faith in Jesus. There is a, there is a uh, past and present reality to faith. We love where, where do we love? We only love in the now. Right. You can't you can love God and love people when today <laughs> opportunity today, uh, hopefully tomorrow. Right. And then hope. What is hope? Well, hope is the powerful magnet that that pulls us forward to the future. All of these things together create compelling vision. So no matter what you do, if you're if you're a, a business leader, a political leader, a coach, an educator, a nonprofit leader, a church leader, whatever it might be, if you're not connecting all three with people, uh, past in their present and and passing casting a vision for a different future, if you're not doing that effectively, you're not going to lead. Um and I, I tell you what, um in the civil rights movement, there's a reason why uh people from multiple races uh, in backgrounds, um, will now look, if you look at the, the, the website, American rhetoric.com top 100 speeches, why Martin Luther King jr. August 28th, 1963 at the Lincoln Memorial, why this speech is so powerful and why, right? Why did this actually, this, this, not just rhetoric, 
right? Saying things, doing things, action together for the future changes things. This speech connects our past, right? Um, our, our racist past in our racist present in 1963. Uh, he was speaking to it clearly um, with a with a different future uh, where change is. Uh, change never happens overnight. It's a struggle. Um, but this speech, I'm going to play some of it for you. Uh, this is in the public domain. This is authenticity is certified. There's a transcript on the site. I'll put that in the show notes as well. But I want you to hear how this call, uh, uh, acknowledging past in the present, uh, in the future, and, and acknowledging good and bad from the past of America, right, uh, calls us to a different future. I'll just play you a portion here uh, as we come to a close. I'm not my unmindful some of you have come here out of great trials and tribulations. Some of you have come fresh from narrow jail cells. Some of you have come from areas where your quest for freedom left you battered by the storms of persecution and staggered by the winds of police brutality. You have been the veterans of creative suffering. Continue to work with the faith that unearned suffering is redemptive. Go back to Mississippi. Go back to Alabama. Go back to South Carolina. Go back to Georgia. Go back to Louisiana. Go back to the slums and ghettos of our northern cities knowing that somehow this situation can and will be changed. Let us not wallow in the valley of despair. I say to you today, my friend, so even though we face the difficulties of today and tomorrow, I still have a dream. It is a dream deeply rooted in the American dream. I have a dream that one day this nation will rise up and live out the true meaning of its creed. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. dream that one day on the red hills of Georgia, the sons of former slaves and the sons of former slave owners will they be able to sit down together at the table of brotherhood. I have a dream that one day even the state of Mississippi, a state sweltering with the heat of injustice, sweltering with the heat of oppression will be transformed into an oasis of freedom and justice. I have a dream that my four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin but by the content of their character. I have
a dream today. A dream today in the present, looking to a future. Dr. King connects the past of lots of people from lots of places in America, the evil past, but also a creed from the past, all men created equal. He's saying that in the present, and he's calling for not uh, giving into despair, but something else in the present. Hope. Hope paints a vision of a different future. Hope is calling us forward into a reality where we can pray, as Jesus taught us to pray, your will be done uh, on earth as it is in heaven. Thanks, guys, for joining us for this uh, brief episode of The Gospel on the Ground as a joint production of Power of Change in the Wallenhofer House. Review us on iTunes. We are still accepting five stars even during pandemics and uh, protests and rallies for good and traveling through the midst of uh, the change that God is bringing to our people and our nation. Send your feedback, comments, questions, things you might want us to take up on the underground to info at gospelunderground.org. We're a dialogue taking place in the borderlands between the church and culture. We hope to see you out there, guys. Peace.